We live in a bold new world. Everything is changing faster than fast. Sometimes we feel like it's impossible to keep up. The restaurant business is a low margin business with a thousand moving parts. And if we want to thrive or even survive at this speed, we need every single one of those 1,000 moving parts to be in perfect working order every day. And the process is frustrating and maddening on one hand, while it's exhilarating and satisfying on the other. It's like a real-world video game with real-world winners and losers. And if you're a restaurant owner, the one with all the marbles on the table, with your skin in the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And today's podcast is for you. Hey, it's Peter Harmon, the food guru here with your weekly pep talk. My goal is to help you build a better restaurant and live the life of your dreams. Today is Monday, August 7th. This is episode number 242 of Build a Better Restaurant Podcast. It's called You Are Closer Than You Think. Now, today's podcast is brought to you by Restauranting 101. I wrote a book. It's called Restauranting 101. It focuses on the eight basic fundamentals of the restaurant business, the ABCs of restauranting, the answers to the important questions that only the top 5% of all restaurant owners know. And this book is not about shortcuts or get-rich-quick schemes. This book will show you the best and the most direct route to the target. Just go to Amazon and search Peter Harmon Restauranting 101 and buy it today. Oh, and while you're at it, buy a copy for each of your managers so you and all your people can get on the same page and build a better restaurant together. Okay, here's the headline, the point of today's podcast. When I get to a low point and it looks like the deck is stacked against me, when I hear myself say or think, why do I even bother? What is the point? There has to be an easier way to earn a living. That's when I say to myself, you know what? This is when most people stop. This is when most people quit and give up. This is when 80% of all restaurant owners throw in the towel and give up. And this is what motivates me to keep going forward. I've found that the accomplishment of a goal is like climbing a mountain in very dense fog. Most of the time, we can't see the top or the finish line because that's the way humans are designed. We can't see the future, and that's a good thing. Most people do 95% of the work, and just before they reach the summit, when the climb gets really, really hard, they quit. See, the challenge always gets toughest right before the end, right at the top. It's always darkest right before the dawn. It's always bleak or bleakest right before the breakthrough. And that's what makes life fun. Hey, if it was easy, everybody would own a successful restaurant. But it's not easy. And that's why 80% of the people who try fail. Only 5%. Of the people who open restaurants achieve the gold standard in the restaurant business, which is a 10% profit or 10% EBITDA. All right, that brings us to thing number one. Everybody's looking for a shortcut. 
Everybody wants a magic bullet or a magic pill or a magic app to do the hard work for them. The way I see it, with every venture or undertaking or every task, there are several ways we can go about it. The first way is we can do it 100%. We can go all out and do our best. The second way we can do it is we can do it 100% plus the magic 1% extra. And that means we got to do our best and then sit back and ask, how can we do this better? How can we add an extra 1%? What is the cherry we can put on top? Now, the third way, we can do less than 100%. Another way to say that is we can half-ass it. We can just go through the motions. And number four is we can try to cheat the system. We can look for a shortcut or an app. You know, hey, there's an app for that. Or we can delegate it to somebody else who has no clue. They don't know what to do or how to do it. Now, if you look around, you will see that most of your employees are not doing their 100% best plus the magic 1%. And you will see the same thing happen with your so-called managers. And believe it or not, if you go and look in the mirror right now, you will see it in yourself. Yes, you. You are trying to cheat the system too. Let's take a deeper look. Are you ready? All right, let's imagine a pyramid. I love pyramids. I want you to mentally draw a pyramid on a sheet of paper. And I want you to put a line about halfway up the pyramid across from left to right that represents the bottom 80% of the people underneath the line. Yeah, halfway is about 80% because a pyramid is widest at the bottom. And then I want you to draw another line. Halfway between the first line and the top of the pyramid. That, rep that space represents the top 20% of people. Then I want you to draw another line halfway between the, that line and the top. Now, the two top layers are the top 5% and the top 1%. All right, so we get the bottom 80%, the 20%, the top five, and the tip top, the 1%. Got it? Good. Okay, now let's fill in the layers. The top 1% of people do the thing 100%, plus they add the extra magical 1%. And this group eventually wins. They eventually succeed. All right, let's keep going. Now, the top 5%, they do the thing 100%. They do their best. The top 20% of people, or restaurant owners, they do the job somewhere between 80% and 99%. And they do it pretty good most of the time. And then the bottom 80%, well, they try to cheat the system. These are the people who are always looking for a shortcut, the magic bullet or the magic app. That's why they make so many apps, because so many restaurant people are looking for a shortcut faster way to cost the menu or write a checklist. And the truth is, there really is no app or shortcut for that. You got to roll up your sleeves and do the work. And there is no app for hard work and sweat and effort. I'm sorry to be the one to break your heart, but it's true. And if you don't believe me, ask Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Bill Belichick or Nick Saban or Michael Jordan or Nick Edwards or Elon Musk or Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. These people all know that hard work and effort is required to win. 
And their best may not be good enough. So they train hard and they find smart ways to get better and better every day. They do their best and add the magic 1%. Because if they don't do it, somebody else is going to beat them. Then they also know that what is the best today may not be the best tomorrow or next year. That they must adapt and continue to adapt every time the world changes. Or even better, how about be the one who changes the world? Here's one for you. The difference between poor people and rich people is rich people save first and spend what's left. While poor people spend first and save what's left, which is usually less than zero. Successful people do the work first, then they relax, if there's time. Hear that word? If there's time. And they prioritize the most important stuff first. Well, the unsuccessful, they schedule their time off first. And they work when they feel like it or if there's time left. And when there's nothing else fun going on. Or they do the unproductive fun stuff or the easy stuff first. And they save the hard, unfun, most productive stuff for last. And that is a big mistake if you want to win and be successful. Hey, I get it. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life. Call me old-fashioned if you want to. But I believe you got to do the work first. And every time I break this rule, something bad happens. Life kicks me in the butt. What's hard now will lead to easy later. And what's easy now will lead to really hard later. It's one of life's uncomfortable truths. How about this? The average American wants and needs to have good credit so they can buy things they can't afford and do things they can't afford to do because they want to look and feel rich. This is a modern disease and it eventually leads to and causes dis-ease. The average American earns good money but they blow it on things that make them look successful. They care more about what other people who couldn't care less about them think about them instead of doing the work, living their own personal lives on their own terms within their means. The average American is a slave to money. They work for money because they're in debt up to their eyeballs. The average American works, no, no, let's make that goes through the motions, kind of, sort of works at a job that they can't stand so they can pay off their credit cards and bank loans and mortgages. All they really accomplish is helping other people get rich. Credit cards and debt are shortcuts to get what we want now without doing the hard work and saving the money first. Another way to say that is we're trying to use leverage for short-term gain. And leverage is good. And long-term gain is good. See that? Long-term. If you know how to use it. See, I think it's okay to get a loan to buy an appreciating asset. Like a mortgage on a home or a piece of commercial property that you build your restaurant in. Or an asset that will earn you money that you pay back over the long term. But it's really silly to use debt to buy a depreciating asset like a car or clothing or a fancy vacation you can't afford. Take it from me. A vacation is a lot more fun when you can afford to take it 
especially when you get home and you have to make the payments at 17% interest for years, right? It's the same thing with effort, okay? So we just talked about money, but it's the same thing with effort. Successful people put in the effort first while everybody else is looking for a shortcut. And then when the shortcut doesn't work, they look for another shortcut and another, and on and on the story goes. See, if they would just buckle down and do the work to begin with, think of where they could be, would be. Wow. Look at your employees and managers. They're all looking for more money, right? They need a raise or a loan until payday sometimes. Why? Because they don't know how to manage their money and they're up to their ass in debt. And these are also the same people who call off work on the weekends and they refuse to pick up an extra shift when you're desperate, right? See, this is a big, big deal. What if you could teach your people how to manage your money? And save a little bit for a rainy day so they don't have to be a moocher come begging for money. Wouldn't that be something? Now, when it comes to investing in appreciating assets, that means something that has value that is increasing, like a house, but not a car. A car is a depreciating asset, unless you're buying a catering van to enhance your business. Now, what about your employees? I like to invest in the ones who are going to grow and appreciate and become more valuable. The ones who are going to be here in two years. Not the ones who are just going to show up and go half-assed through the motions for about six weeks and then off to something else. I like to invest in people who work hard and find ways to improve instead of the ones who are always calling off or have limited availability. Because this job is my top priority, even though it's like their 15th priority in their life. You know, Mark Twain said, never allow someone to be your priority while you remain their option. Wise words. It's the same thing with time management. There are two kinds of workers. Some people, they come in and they get ready for a busy shift. They go through their checklist and they do the work first. And others, they come in and they mope around until it gets busy. And then they run around like idiots in the weeds. And the net result is frustrated fellow team members who were prepared and pissed off customers. So why do we put up with this? Oh, I know. Because we aren't paying attention. And either are our managers. It's true. And it's the same thing with restaurant owners and managers. Most of them don't do their job first. They don't build the system. They don't nail down the concept. They don't have recipe cards with pictures or job checklists with exact procedures. And they don't do that because nobody reads the information or follows it anyway. Because nobody enforces the standards. Or we say, oh yeah, yeah, everybody already knows that. And I don't want to be a micromanager. At least this is the story we love to tell ourselves. And this is why it's so hard to win in the restaurant game or really any endeavor, like losing weight or saving money. Most people are trying to cheat the system and get the prize without first doing the work. My farm girl wife and every farmer in the world, they know this perfectly well. First, we plant the seeds, we do the work. Then we tend the garden and pick the weeds. 
And then, and only then, do we get the harvest, the fruits of our labor. It's called the law of the harvest. First we sow, then we reap. This is why I wrote the book, Restauranting 101. It focuses on eight basic fundamentals of the restaurant business. These are not shortcuts. These eight basic fundamentals are the most direct route to the target. And there's a big difference between a shortcut and a direct route. A shortcut is when we try to game the system. It might work short term, but it's eventually going to fail. I mean, look at the housing crisis of 2008 and 2009. See, the gamers gamed the system out of short-term greed and eventually blew up in their face. The eight basic fundamentals are the pillars that hold up the restaurant. We need all eight to build a dynasty that will stand the test of time. And yes, that requires a lot of work. And this is why the top 5% or one out of 20 people, will succeed and thrive. Restauranting is hard. Winning is hard work. It's not a part-time hobby. Okay, and that brings us to thing number two, motivation. Every single animal on the planet needs motivation. When we have something that we want, I mean really, really want, it's easy to motivate ourselves and go get it. Now think of the time when you were really hungry. I mean starving. I know it's hard for restaurant people because we're always around food, but I know it's happened to you and it motivated you to do more. Think of a time when you were tired or exhausted, like after 36 hours with no sleep. Or how about a time when you were really sick or in serious pain and you needed medical care or a prescription? You were 100% motivated to do something. Or how about when your kid or your spouse is really sick or hurt? Well, you became Superman or Superwoman and saved the day, didn't you? Because you were 100% motivated. So you saved the day. Now think about a drug addict or an alcoholic or a smoker. They need a fix and they will do anything, and I mean anything, to get that fix. No matter how silly they may look doing it, they need it. And they're highly motivated to go get it. So what do you need? What motivates you to get off your ass and do the thing? What do you really, really want? And I'm not talking about sort of want or would like because everybody else has it or is doing it. Sure, I know, peer pressure is a huge motivator. Just ask any 16-year-old. I'm talking about that thing that will make you very sad that you didn't accomplish it during your life as you start to get older. The thing you wish you had the guts to do. The thing that wakes you up in the middle of the night. The thing that is calling out to you. See that angst that you feel in the pit of your stomach? That's not angst from the sins of your past. No, that's your future greatness calling out to you. To come forth and fulfill your purpose, your destiny. See, the best way to get nice friendly employees is to hire nice people. And the way to build a motivated team is to hire motivated people. And that brings us to thing number three, double down. I'm going to share something very personal with you today. I'm going through a very tough time right now with my Iowa City restaurant, Gray's Gourmet to Go. 
Gray's opened in 2007. It was a really cool cocktail bar with great bar food. Simple food. It was beautiful and delicious and fun to share. Gray's only had 10 tables. In 2018, we did $1.8 million in sales with an 18% profit. Amazing. Then in 2019, the city closed the street in front of our restaurant. They said it was going to be four months. It lasted nine. Ouch. In 2020, we did the COVID thing, just like you. Ouch. In 2021, we lost our lease. The landlord sold the building and the new owners demolished the building to build this fancy new high-rise apartment building. We had to move. Ouch. And whoa. So after a lot of soul searching, we decided on a new location down the street with a whole new concept, catering and takeout. See, I believe that people want to feed their family great food at home, and they don't always have time to cook or don't feel like cooking, or honestly, they can't cook. They don't know how. I believe takeout is the new culinary frontier. So Gray's Gourmet to Go was born, and the last two years have been brutal. It's one step forward, two steps back. Fall down, crash, get up again, crash, get back up, go again. Then... We have to, that's just the operation. Now we got to dial in the concept and decide what, is, what are we? What are we going to be when we grow up? Can we define this concept? See, I call that process thrashing, like a shark that's washed up on the beach trying to get back in the water. The world has changed and we're in a new era. Not just the post-COVID era, but we're entering the third industrial revolution where all the rules have changed. I want to be part of the future, not the past. And that is not easy. Creation and invention is hard. It's exhausting. Especially when you add in the fact that it's almost impossible to find people who want to work in the restaurant business. And when the price of groceries and supplies keep going up, 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 and overhead is getting expensive and even going up. But ladies and gentlemen, I am committed I'm going to fight this fight until I find a way through. And yes, it's true. I've been putting more money into the business than I've been taking out. But I see this as a long-term investment. And I thank God I have the money to invest. I'm doubling down on what I believe. And I'm not going to give up. Yes, it is. It's dark as hell over here where I am. So I'm doubling down. Because every time I've ever done this in the past, something amazing happens. I always get lucky. I always find the summit and make it to the top. I know that I know what I'm doing. And I know I'm getting close. I'm not sure how far or close I am to the top. But that's not up to me. Not completely. All I can do, the only thing that I can do is keep going and do my very best and keep adding the magic 1%. See, there's always going to be an obstacle. And most people approach obstacles and obstructions and setbacks with fear and doubt. In the words of Og Mandino, the author of The World's Greatest Salesman, I will persist until I succeed. I will multiply my value. I see obstacles as friends that guide me, or in my case, kick me toward a better path, the righteous path. 
The obstacle is my comrade in arms. It forces me to become stronger and smarter. Each failure is a new opportunity to grow, to find the better path forward. When I retreat from the obstacle, I throw away my future. Loneliness and temptation are my constant companions. How I handle them will determine my success or failure. The need for safety and security and comfort in the warmth of home has ruined countless potentially successful careers. The path of least resistance only leads in one direction, downhill. Personally, I'm doubling down and planning to work harder and smarter with more focus and vigor and determination than ever before. And I'm going to do it with a smile on my face because I know I will reach the top and it will be glorious. I've done it before and I will do it again, even though it's scary as hell right now. What about you? Will you give in and shrink away or will you stand tall? and face your demons and dragons with swords ablazing so that when it's all said and done, you can look in the mirror and say you made your mark, you did your best. And when it came time to do or die, you did. You did your best. You went for it with every ounce of strength and courage that you possess. And when it looked the worst in the darkest hour, in the darkest of darkness, you took another step and finally reached the summit. And the sun broke the horizon, and a new day dawned, and the game was won. Wow. My name is Peter Harmon. I am the food guru. My goal is to start a restaurant revolution. I want you and every restaurant owner who listens to this podcast to have the knowledge and information that you need to build a better restaurant and live the life of your dreams. But this requires more than just listening. You have to take action. You have to do the work. Now, if you're ready to build a better restaurant and live the life of your dreams, I can help you get there. All you have to do is come to foodguru.com to get started. When the student is ready, the food guru will appear. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.